to the War at 33 and 3rd podcast. I'm Adam Barrow. And I'm Benjamin Richardson. Today, we're going to be discussing the debut album from American rock band R.E.M. It's called Murmur. R.E.M. is one of the most influential alternative rock bands hailing from the 80s. Uh, they're from Georgia, and they've had a super uh, big influence on alternative rock from the 90s, influencing Radiohead, Nirvana, Pavement, etc. Like, everybody's listened to R.E.M. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're... Born in the 80s. I'm yeah, sure yeah. it's a favorite band for you. Yeah. This album is pretty seminal in the college rock movement genre. Right. Like I feel like I've had like, at least four dads that tell me they've listened oh, yeah. to R.E.M. Gen X. Gen X legends. Shout R-E-M. out to Gen X. Absolutely. Get, get a little <laughs> meta for a second. My parents saw R.E.M. at Meriwether Post Pavilion, the actual venue that the Animal Collective album that we've already done an episode on is named after. That I, I this is news to me. That's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Met a moment for the podcast. Oh, dude! They were used, They saw this band at the venue that was the name of an album that we did in another podcast. Yes, everything is connected. Everything's connected, guys. War third, three and a third. We do it here. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. So let's Mark, just get right into it. Yeah. So yeah, we can start out talking about the very first track on the album, uh, "Radio Free Europe." This was. One of the first songs they recorded as a band, one of the first singles they released. Um, and it's awesome. I love Radio 3 Europe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just classic. Like, the thing I love about this song that I, I always wait for every time is, like, the super overdriven, like, bass part. Do you know what I'm talking about? Bum, bum. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that bass tone is so godly. Like, that comes mm-hmm. in, like, the later half of the song. Like, I literally wait for that part of the mm-hmm. song. <laughs> yeah, so... The bass is played on this album by Mike Mills. Uh, Mike Mills also provides a lot of backing vocals, which is a big element of theirs. Right, which um, which is, I think, a reason why Adam loves this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, like, <laughs> that's something that I'm a sucker for. Like, harmonies, backing vocals, like a counter melody. Every song has backing vocals. Pretty much, yeah. Like, tons of them, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mills is fantastic at that. He's a, fan, he's a perfect voice for it. Um beautiful melodies with that and he's fantastic at playing bass i i'd say he might be mvp of this album because hmm. i feel like a lot of people would put a guitarist uh mike mills over that because of his like uh, his... peter buck oh i'm sorry i'm sorry peter buck yeah sliver the tongue um just for his like jangly like mm-hmm. arpeggiated kind of guitar fills because yeah. i feel like a lot of times they pair super well with the vocals mm-hmm. like i think like Anyways, back to Radio for Europe. Do you think that it's the best song of the album? Because I know like a lot of people think this is like the best REM song ever. Yeah, I, it's probably it's probably my pick. Probably my pick. I, I called it, y'all. <laughs> yeah, um, that's fair though. What do you think? I don't know. I, it's definitely like a top three or four. Really? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think there's some that we'll get into later that I'd pick yeah. out of this. Personally, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and spoil it. I'd go this or Sitting Still, which was okay. Sitting Still was actually the B side to this when it was released as a single to Radio for Europe. Right, so it makes sense that that would be your favorite too, like the single, yeah. the strongest mm-hmm. songs. Um, I'm a big fan of a uh, Moral Kiosk. I don't know, there's something about that. Song. I like Moral Kiosk a lot. I really enjoy it. I really that's like the thing. There are, like this is really an album where there are no down songs. REM kind of, especially like later, like late 80s, in the 90s, they were putting out just fantastic songs, and then albums were kind of bogged down with songs that weren't 
bad but weren't great. I mean, mm. it's just like albums were pretty uneven for, I mean, kind of the rest of their career after this. I'd say this is by far their most consistent, even album. Right. Um, I, I can't speak as much on that because I've only listened to like three R.E.M. albums, but th- this is by far my favorite of the ones I've heard. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see that. I mean, it seems like this is like the, the critical like pick, I guess. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with you there. I think most critics would pick this one as their best. Right. I think I'd probably lean towards this one as the best. Um, Document as just some phenomenal songs that, to me, put it close. But then it's it's back half is a little uneven. Not quite as good as the first. Right. Like, this album, you can just listen to it on shuffle, and it would still be, like, oh, yeah. exactly the same. It's so good. Like, every song is just, like, a banger. Yeah. And, and for a debut, it has, like, a, it's such a strong, like, style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, they have, like, their full sound already, like, developed. I agree. Yeah, to me, this is, like, a really compelling and unique and, like, fully formed for a band this young. I mean, they had formed in 80, 1980. And this came and out in 83? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, they were, they, like, knew what they were doing. They had a firm vision. They had a firm sound from the get-go. I mean, it's, like, a really, like, fully formed blending of post-punk elements and put into a more jangle-pop style. Yeah, okay, so, like, let me ask you about that, like, what about this is like post punky? Because I hear that like thrown around, but it's like, is it like the bass? Like, is it like? I'd say. I mean, I'd say like probably tempos. I'd say probably three or four of the time of the songs have that kind of ringing guitar. Like, I think like nine to nine, especially, it really has the like really ringing guitar tone that I would hmm. characterize as pretty post punky. The guitar tone, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it goes in between those two like big mm-hmm. chords, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. rings a little bit, yeah. Yeah, he just kind of like hangs on this, and the chord changes are really. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, and then. See, I'm not really sure it constitutes like a post-punk guitar sound. I think of like really like like scratchy kind of like metallic sounds sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think more like metal box stuff. Yeah. And like uh, like Gang of Four, where it's like really grating. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to me, I hear a touch of Gang of Four in Nine and Nine, and maybe even uh, like I hear a little bit of that sound in Moral Kiosk too. And uh, I-, I was gonna say. And West of the Fields at the end. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I was gonna say that a moral kiosk. I think the guitar, uh, the guitar break in that, it's kind of like new wavy to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it just kind of like I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like an XTC guitar part. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. talking a lot sure. about XTC today, but oh yeah, <laughs> great band. Love XTC. But yeah, Radio for Europe um, is great showcase for the big element. One of the two big elements we haven't really discussed yet, which is Michael Stipe's lead vocals. Right. Which are very unique. Very good. Not unique in a bad way. Um, <laughs> and how would you describe them as unique? You said that it's like hard to understand him sometimes. Yeah. He's kind of like crooning yeah. a little bit. Yeah, a little, little aside. Like, among like some REM fans, I've seen this album uh, called Mumble instead of Murmur. <laughs> because <laughs> Mumble. You can... You can the whole thing, you can barely make out what Stipe is saying. Right, well, well, except like, on the big hooks. Yeah, like when I'm on. when I'm reading the uh, the lyrics, like they come out really crystal or crystal clear, but mm-hmm. without them, I kind of just completely lose them. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, and, I think and, he's saying and, stuff. <laughs> and the lyrics, for the most part, are pretty cryptic. Like I, I don't want to say meaningless because I think there is some meaning there. Yeah, maybe the, there doesn't seem to be like a consistent like theme throughout yeah, yeah. the yeah, album. Yeah, no, no really consistent themes. It's not like 
it's not like the pinnacle of great songwriting or anything. But lyrically, yeah, lyrically. But to me, like this album, more than makes up for that because it's it's just greater than the sum of its parts to me. Like mm-hmm. I was thinking about this a couple times ago when I was listening to it. Um, just an analogy. Uh, sports, the prevailing ideology for coaching and team building is to put um, the players you have in the best position to succeed possible with the talents they have. So if you have a guy that's really good at one thing, you want to put him in his position to do that one thing. I think, like, I just thought of that as an analogy for R.E.M. Like, Stipe is fantastic with melodies. And Not with pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So pronunciation. And has a really cool voice, so they put him in a position to just sing cool stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Mills is fantastic at the backing vocals. They let him do that constantly. They let him play awesome bass lines. Right. Drums. Really are, gritty bass yeah, lines. Yeah, drums contribute to that rhythm section fantastically, really drive songs forward. And they let uh, let Buck do his guitar sound. Like they just let the guys do what they're good at, and it all just they do. And they do different approaches on every song, but it all just comes together really well, and it keeps it really consistent. So, it's a really interesting take, but isn't that what all bands do? I would I'd say they do it better than others. <laughs> like they're not they're, they, yeah, never, just they never they never try to do just too in much. That, whoever's the best at guitar is usually playing. Oh, oh yeah, no, like not not them like playing different instruments, but in terms of like no, I'm style just making fun of Adam. I know. Um, no, that's a, that's a that's a good point. It's in that like they all have like this particular thing that they're really good at, and it just mm-hmm. creates the REM sound. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I really I really like the vocals, even though you can't hear what they're saying. Like I just oh, think yeah. the melodies are just like yes. really really pretty. I yeah. guess. And Stipe's like, a cool singer. Like it's a good voice. Right. It's just like I, I guess it's just not you like I don't know. It, it, when you hear it, it's not like unexpected for a rock album, but it's just kind of like a little different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say it's pretty unique. It's a pretty unique album. Right. Like it's a very distinct sound. Sure. That they definitely maintained for, like, the early part of their career. Heck yeah. Yeah. All right. Second track. Yeah. Pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. What do you think of this one? I love Pilgrimage. That's probably my favorite uh, Mike Mills backing vocals on the hook. Like, the, I think it's the, the first one they don't come in. It's the second and third one they do come in. Pilgrimage. Ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a song has like a, like a breakdown section almost where it's like, dun, 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 bah, bah. Yeah. Pilgrimage. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you're oh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Mills is Mills is great on this. And it's, uh, yeah. Like the, the early parts before it breaks into the, the hook, like the hook has just big, like strumming, jangly guitars. But then the, like the verses are pretty like quiet and ominous, right? It has like I don't. It's like a it's like recorded weird, but the drum there's like a really subtle drum beat, and then like every couple lines it'll go pow pow pow. Right, like I know and it sounds like, like they're in a cave. <laughs> like on the first half of this album, like I I don't know. It just seems like really percussive to me. There's always like these like three drum hits like on a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about exactly. But, I don't know, I think Pilgrimage, it's like, I feel like I've heard this one too much. This one's like, I wouldn't say it's like a least favorite because I love all the songs, but this one, it's like, I don't enjoy this one as much as some of the other ones, honestly. Yeah, like I don't know. once you take the whole album in. Yeah, and I don't know if I can, like, give you really a reason why, other than I just don't prefer it to some of the other ones. Yeah, that's fair. But, 
I, I noticed on um, about a lot of REM songs, it's like they always do this thing where they're like, it's like verse, pre-chorus, verse, pre-chorus, and then they get into the chorus just yeah, so it's like yeah, that they, much they, more Yeah, they won't do the chorus the first time. And like, that was the first three chords, verse three chords, and then finally you get to like that that awesome chord. That's another thing that they won't add the like I touched on earlier. They won't add the the backing vocals until the second chorus. That, right, that's, that's a, yeah, right. It's I like it's exactly a kind of formulaic a little bit. Some of the songs, like like at least like in structure, I, I noticed that like like a lot of them do that. And it's like it's like major verse section, like minor pre-chorus, and then back to like the major chorus. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, that's just stuff I hear. Yeah. Um, and since we're talking about that, like on this album, I think there's like, I can't remember if it was two or three songs, like, but all of them have major tonality. Hmm. And that like, they're in a major key, like they're all like upbeat, they're all happy, like it'll be like a, like a groovy part, but it's just like all major tonality. Hmm. I don't know if you have anything to say on that, but just something weird I noticed, like they just prefer major keys for their. Not really, yeah. I mean, does that does that make it feel a little like one note, a little like too monotone for you? Um. Like you, you can't really say that because it's like if you do anything well, it's like, it's like it doesn't really matter what key it's in, right? But it, it's just something I noticed that they just really prefer like to write in the major tonality. They like to stick to their like their major chords, the one four five chords. Um, mm-hmm. I think like West of the Fields is obviously like in a minor key, hmm. like West of the Fields. Um, and like nine nine nine, it hangs on that minor chord a lot, but mm-hmm. or nine nine. I mean, not nine nine nine. But yeah, that's just something I noticed, like as a musician. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, back to pilgrimage. I I love the the chorus, like how big the guitar and everything sounds. Mm-hmm. Like that that contrast and that build up that you were discussing. That really yeah. Pays no, off they they like to songs. get like huge during the choruses mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, I I just love the way the guitar comes in and it's just like big loud strums. Mm-hmm. I like. Oh, that. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a very like rhythmic playing all of the guitar. Yeah. It's like even even when they're playing like a lead, it feels like it's like mm-hmm. a rhythm. It, it kind of reminds me of the Smiths in that way, I guess. I don't know. I can see that. Yeah. Like all that. Like sometimes I will listen to a Smith song. I'm like, is this the guitar solo or is he just like playing the rhythm yeah, part yeah. louder? Why am I blanking on the Smiths guitarist's name? Isn't it uh, Johnny's? Johnny Marr. Johnny Marr. Yeah. yeah. I I can. There's some similarities in Buck and Marr's playing styles to me. I think at least like the sound. Yeah, they they really go for like the um. Of course, they, like they're both considered jangle, jangle pop, pop yeah. so like they like that. I guess that jangly guitar yeah. tone, but it's more like the like the layered like arpeggio parts and like really focus on rhythmic playing. So for sure, yeah. The third track on this album is "Laughing." This is a personal favorite for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like I just love the way it kicks off, like, and then like the, of course like the the awesome bass groove we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the hook on that one. That doesn't make any sense to me. Lighted, lighted, laughing. <laughs> and he I, just says it's so cool and he just draws it out. I think no, it sounds really good. Yeah, I, I interpret that as like, I, I don't know if it's like a drug reference. Could be. I, I, I interpret <laughs> it as people like sparking up and just like cutting back. Um, that's potential. Yeah. Th- that's how I read them, but it's like, it's like, what are they saying? It doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I love the, I love the little like pre-chorus too in a room before it like really hits like the lighted mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. right yeah that, that's this one is uh is very pretty melodically and I, I love the jangly the jangliness on this one for sure right yeah i mean they're also pretty though and they're also yeah. jangly it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, this, oh. is a, this is a pretty good summation of the sound to me. Oh, you'd pick like laughing as like a, a good representation of the album? Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. I, I think for me, it's like, I, I listened to the uh, like the, the deluxe version of this album or whatever. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this one live. It's just like, they played it a little really? faster. It was yeah. really nice. Yeah, I, I love the, the percussive stuff. Like, right after the chorus ends, like right when he stops singing, the bass, boom, 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 boom. I love the bass on this one. Not sure I'm, like, thinking of the exact part, yeah. but if I heard it, I would definitely agree. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it, yeah it's, it's hard to describe. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not doing the melody. Yeah, we're not going to sing for you. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, audience. We're not going not gonna to sing bass lines for you. Not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Um, next track, fourth track, Talk About the Passion. I love the lead guitar on this one. Yeah, like, the intro is, like, kind of iconic a little bit. Yeah. Isn't it like a and, and this song is like a I think it's like the most cinematic like it has like these string builds in it, it like does. it has strings in yes. it and it has like acoustic and electric guitar layering it's just very very complicated it kind of and like we were saying it just builds a ton and at the end like there's all these string parts that are like in the forefront so yeah yeah it's pretty emotional yeah like it has mm-hmm. like it has a more like emotional punch and weight to it mm-hmm. and like you were saying with the guitar parts I really like how like they kind of play like the same rhythm when he says talk about the passion they kind of like yes the, the yes. part of that part is i love that part as well and it's like that's like really really sparkly right yeah 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 it's got like that that crisp tone it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah and again like even the ones like this where it's like still has, has strings it's a little more like like feathery i guess like the um the drum yeah, is a good yeah, word. the drums and the bass just still give it a lot of punch like they, right. like exactly like, they, like that, that a rock song needs mm-hmm. kind of yeah they 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 do what they do well and they keep it they keep everything moving mm-hmm. keep it from sounding boring at any point heck yeah. yeah um next track is moral kiosk the fifth track yeah and like this I said this been, is one of my favorites yeah um it, it, it's like I really like the way the guitar interacts with like the lyrics. When he says something about like in the twilight, and it's, it plays like that, that kind of like like that's such a cool, that's like the coolest mm-hmm. riff on the album for me, right yeah. there. I, yeah, I agree. I really like the like guitar the sixtieth notes. One. It's just like really sick. I, and, and 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 like the, I really like the new wavy, like we talked about earlier, the new wavy guitar break. I really like mm-hmm. that part. Yeah, so much more attractive inside the moral kiosk is probably my favorite uh, line. I don't understand on this album. That just sounds really cool to me. <laughs> the way he says it, yeah, he's kiosk. Yeah, <laughs> like he, he has like a delivery is great. Um, yeah, like his delivery really adds stuff to the songs, like especially on catapult. And I feel like, mm-hmm. like the way he says catapult, yeah, <laughs> like catapult yeah, I mean, again. Stipe is a very like he's very emotive and expressive, and he has a cool like cool sounding voice. It's hard to describe. Like, like and I've I've said it before. It just sounds cool. I enjoy right. listening. Yeah, I, I think he's a, a pretty good musician from what I hear. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's on Moral Kiosk when he's like, Kumbian, <laughs> Kumbian, uh, do talk. Oh, let's talk about the passion. Yeah, I, I, I meant to talk about that. Um, yeah. It's oh, like that the, little bridge the, oh, the, yeah. the, where he kind of builds up that line and he just like adds, and he adds the raft or like this, like, I don't know. It's just, I, I really enjoy his vocals on that. I forgot to mention that. And the guitar like hits really hard. Like everything kind of pauses. Call me in and to talk, and everything kind of pauses. Bow, bow. 
and then everything bah, bah, hits again. Bah, bah, yeah. bah, bah, and then it gets back into that chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like what I'm saying, like the, the minor tonality pre-chorus into like the major chorus. Yeah. <laughs> That's just another example. Like they just do everything right on this album. Like it just makes everything so solid. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just so consistent. I know. It's like it, it, if you call it formulaic, it, it it's still consistent. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, yeah, if you want to call it formulaic, I'd present to you Perfect Circle, the next track. That's probably a big argument mm-hmm. against it. I mean, it's kind of a somewhat of a piano ballad. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has like these uh, these like syncopated keys, like, dun, dun, like the, through the whole song. Mm-hmm. The melody in this one, it kind of sounds like someone had a Polar Express, like the movie. <laughs> like it sounds like this one sounds like a Christmas song to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see it. That's like the only way I can describe it if you haven't heard it. It's like. Yeah. Perfect Circle's cool. It's not my favorite, but um, it's, it's a cool song. <laughs> I, I actually, for me, this was like a really weak one, but I, I kind of grew to enjoy this one a lot. I, I really like like the lyric about having like a perfect circle of friends, like mm-hmm. coin a phrase. Like that's just, so, that's so yeah. relatable. Like whenever you're hanging out with a bunch of people, somebody says fun, something funny that you're going to say like the next week, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I just really like that. Absolutely. I thought that was relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good song. And that, that closes out the first side of the album. So the side two kicks off with Catapult, which we briefly mentioned earlier. Right, this one's like gotta have the most catchy like chorus. And this is pretty poppy. Right, yeah, but yeah, that's what I mean. It's like the chorus is just like super catchy. It's like you hear it once and it's like you memorized it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like it's so forceful. Catapult. Yeah, the way he delivers it, catapult. (laughs) I don't even know how he does it. Yeah. Yeah, just, this, is a, this is a cool vocal performance like, by Slight. <laughs> when I was trying to sing along with it, like I was trying my best to get it to sound like that, but I couldn't. Like mm-hmm. the delivery is so cool. And then the guitar gets like, I can't even like. Can you describe it? Like I don't even know. It just it sounds like different. <laughs> At right after he says catapult, ding, ding, ding. He, he, I don't. I, I just think he's like really trying to like meld it with like what the lyrics are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, like he's always trying to give you something to listen to. I feel like if you're not listening yeah. to the vocals, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, like you could just listen to like some of the instrumentals, honestly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd be really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know enjoy, what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just like yeah, it's just really loud and crisp strumming. I just think it sounds really cool. crisp. Crisp. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of like really right. tight like rhythms in the strumming, like like that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to throw a bunch of adjectives at Peter Buck's guitar playing. It's hard to describe. you got to experience it. Uh, yeah. It's a it's cool sound. Yeah, and, and then we're at Sitting Still. Which it, is, wait, didn't you say this is one of your favorites? Sitting Still, yeah. I, said, I did say that earlier. I like Sitting Still. It's just so, it's just so punchy. Like, all the, like the guitar and the bass and the drums and the, the rhythm section, it all just comes together and make, gives it, like ton of energy and i love the the chorus wasted time sitting oh still. yeah 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 uh, yeah this might be one of my favorites now that you talk and then about yeah and then the the <laughs> second and third choruses uh uh mills comes in with just beautiful backing vocals probably my favorite instance of it on the album i love sitting still it's just like that you do again yeah that you do everything right i like think this is, um this has got to be one of the best like vocal performances on the album yeah, yeah. This slight, yeah. or like I don't know what other one you put like shaking through maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, on uh, yeah, Stipe's just super emotive on the uh, I can hear you. 
Like I, like he drags out the I for like right, right. a couple seconds. Yeah, no, this song is so beautiful. And like, yeah, I, I love, it's cool. <laughs> and like the bridge, you know what I'm, part I'm talking mm-hmm. about when, like that. I like the percussive like hits where they all come together on this percussive hits. It's they do that a lot. Um, and also like the like the main guitar jangle in this one. I think it's this one's like like you know what I'm talking about. I thought that yeah. that part is like super catchy to me. Mm-hmm. Like just like going like arpeggiating those three notes, but it just fits so well. Like yeah. it's just so simple, but it works. Yeah, it's just across the board. Like everything just really, really comes together on this one for me. All right, it's very hard. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I like what you're saying about the chorus. This has got to be like one of the best choruses. It's so mm-hmm. the way it builds. He's just it just seems like he's like so impassioned when he's singing this one. Yeah. The song that follows is. Nine dash nine, nine to nine, nine nine. However you want to say it. <laughs> yeah, nine 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 dash nine. nine. Um, I've always thought of it as nine to nine. I don't know why. Nine to nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought of it as nine nine. I, I don't. I don't yeah, really know what it is. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this one's definitely I find like the most punky would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's pretty. It's relatively brief and it's like pretty snappy. It's a ton of energy. Mm-hmm. Right, I like this. Like, like you said, like it, it features those really like resonant guitar chords that mm-hmm. are ringing. Really like it. It just sounds really like grand and ba. Yeah, a little bit. Conversation fear. Conversation fear. <laughs> yeah. I like that line. I yeah, think that's cool. More cryptic lyrics. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, do you have any interpretation of this? Like, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, okay, fair, fair. Yeah, I'm not sure I do either. I was hoping you'd say someone insightful. Yeah. <laughs> Conversation fear sounds just like doesn't like talking to people. But Yeah, maybe he's little, just little talking anxiety about social anxiety. anxiety. I mean it's a it's very tense. Me, a lot of look, tense nervous energy. Let me look through the lyrics right quick. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we wonder if we can find anything on the spot here. Sometimes when I'm reading these lyrics, I'm like, wait, what part is this? Like is it because I can't tell what he's saying yeah, in the yeah. song. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. All nine yards down her back. Okay, maybe that's the title of this song. Mm. What is in my mind? What is in my mind? What is in my mind? In the chorus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were, like, saying that to me. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Come on, Ben. Read my mind, man. (laughs) What's in my mind? Read my mind, dude. Yeah, I I really like this song. Just because of, like... Mm -hmm. I think it's, like, a change of pace. Because of the, I think the guitar work is like most different on this one. If I had yeah, to choose. I would agree. It's like the most like classic rocky to me. Hmm. Okay, like the guitar at least. Yeah, I love this song. But it's like all of them. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, <laughs> it's a very strong album. Um. Next track. Yeah, shaking I guess. through. Yeah, next track is shaking through. But it sounds like he's saying shake in through instead of shake. Shake in. <laughs> That's how I hear him saying it, but... What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I, I, I quite enjoy it. Um, Yeah, to me this one's strong, but not, not remarkable. Like, there's nothing that stands out to me as, like, super incredible, but I like it. Um, Like, I enjoy listening to it. I wouldn't say this is a weak one for me, personally. Yeah. I just no, think, yeah, I, I wouldn't call it weak either. Um, I, I really like the, uh, like, the, the melody means is, like, when he hangs on the, like, the really long shaking through... I just think it's like I think it's one of like the prettiest like melodies. Like he just kind of like walks down all, like mm-hmm. the scale when he's saying that part, and I find it like the, some of the dissonances if you listen listen closely are really pretty. I find. Yeah. So I, I like this song. Um. 
It's a little, you know, it's a little you know, hunky dory, but <laughs> I suppose, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's strong, does not detract in any way, it's solid all the way through. Yeah, I, I enjoy this one. Yeah, no, and it's it, it's a pretty melody, like it's it's a catchy one. And I think I think um this song it's yeah, upbeat, I, it's super upbeat, and like right, I it's kind of a happier one, right? Almost. And I think this song is kind of carried by the vocals. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, sure. I, I think like the reason why I enjoy this song so much is just because of the vocals. Yeah, I can agree with that. this one. Yeah, and it's yeah, it is a, like it's a nice contrast with nine to nine, which is like like right. a little, like a, like a little darker and more aggressive. Right, a little bit more rockabilly, a little mm-hmm. bit more gritty. Mm-hmm. Then you get back to the uh, the classic. This one might jangle, be jingle jangle. <laughs> is this the longest song on here? Uh, shaking through. Yeah, I'm. Let me I'm, check. I'm looking at our run times. It's that and pilgrimage are both four and a half minutes on the dot interesting okay yeah yeah that, yeah, that, that might be why that it kind of goes on like that could have been a three and a half minute song hmm a shaking three you mean yeah 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 i could see that because it, it, it this one, isn't this the one with like the the long fade out oh yeah yeah that is why it has a it has an outro so it is it's not too long uh it's not or not that long yeah yeah this this is the one with like the it has like a what would you even call that? I don't know. It's like it's just like a really quiet little instrumental bit. But how would you like characterize it? Like it, it, I don't. It sounds like I don't even like when I first heard it. I was like, what? The little instrumental bit to me sounds a little like like a slanted enchanted pavement instrumental. I was gonna say that. I was gonna yeah. say it, it, <laughs> like it, it has like this like really like kind of quirky vibe to it, and like it's, it's like slacker vibes. Uh huh. It sounds like you know what is it? Second track on Slender and Chain, Trigger Cut, Wounded Kite at 17, where it's a 17 second instrumental at the end of Trigger Cut. It sounds mm. like it sounds like Wounded Kite. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> okay. The okay. little the little tiny instrumental at the end of Trigger Cut on Slanted and Enchanted. Uh, so Which we about, have an episode on. Check it out. And, and that's why I think I like this song. Good, uh, good thing I brought that up. It's like the outro. It's just like the way they end the songs. Like it's like some of them have fades out. Some of them like this one has like this random outro, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them end like the first one ends on like that chime note. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just think they do a, a good job of like uh, mixing up the way they end their songs and just ending on a chord or fading out every time. Like some <laughs> that's bands true. do. Yeah, that gives it a lot. Like of that's variety. something that like really kind of was like wow. Like this band knows how to write songs because yeah. they, they keep it fresh like that. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. That does keep a good sense of variety. Even like when you said it can at times feel a touch formulaic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it keeps it from feeling stale in any way. Right. Yeah. It's just like because you know so many bands they just fade out every time. Like Steely Dan, one of my favorite bands, they fade out <laughs> every, every single yeah. Steely Dan song has a fade out. Like every single. There's probably like you can count on one hand the ones that don't. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. It's just like oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, that's that's a good observation actually. Yeah, the next song is "We Walk." That's a pretty unique sound. On "We Walk," this one I, I should have saved the uh, the hunky dory description for this one. This one's like definitely by far the most like peppy to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very uh, like. It sounds like a yeah. It, it's super bouncy. Like the bass line is just really walking on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very like very flowery. I guess. Right, like when I hear this, I think of like people like skipping around like a Disney castle. Yeah, very very sunny. <laughs> Very right. sunny song, right? I just think somebody skipping around a field or something like. Yeah, the the guitar on this one almost sounds like acoustic strumming, to me, like a little bit. And, you like, know, it might be. There, it there's might be a good. lot of acoustic guitar on this album, actually. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but it's uh, like up the hill. Yeah, like up the stairs. And yeah, like it, yeah, like like through the like, yeah, like through the fields makes it sound like you're walking through like a field of flowers or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they do it really well. Like that's a that's kind of a venture off from like what they what they're normally doing on this album. I think they pulled this. Off. I think they really stick the landing on this one. Yeah, this one definitely. Yeah, this one has a really unique sound, just in that it's like way more bouncy than all the other ones. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think they stick the landing. Yeah. yeah, we walk is cool. But um, for me, I think this is probably not not a weak track, but a weaker one like for yeah, me personally. It's, it's not my favorite. Yeah, it just it's just kind of like I don't know. It's just kind of got that hunky dory sound a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I'm in bit. the mood for it, but sometimes I'm kind of like true true do you know yeah. what i mean i don't want to hear like some stuff i want to like yeah. play hopscotch to or whatever <laughs> yeah some, something this bright is at times uh yeah not always what you're looking for but maybe that's just because i'm enough but <laughs> all right the final track on this album final track west of the fields west of the fields <laughs> yeah this one's cool this is uh pretty like darker like you said this one is it has like that like, minor tonality yeah, minor tonality um yeah, and in this one, I really appreciate the um, like the call and response, like with the vocals. Yes, yeah, because it, it sounds like they have everybody singing on the chorus. Right, and like they're all like they all sound like I don't know. This is like really energetic. They sound like in peril, <laughs> like west of the fields. Like they're just like really like really sing I really like the bar where they're like long long gone gone long gone it's just yeah. like it's just like I'm just like ah, ah like what am I what am mm. I supposed to listen to yeah right it's here? energetic yeah and th- th- this, this to me has a little bit of the post-punk sound as well elaborate on that like it's, it's just like a little darker and it has the I don't know it just kind of has the guitar work I would think of like like an earlier Joy Division song like <laughs> a um, Unknown Pleasures era like I, I could, I could see them making something somewhat similar to this. It's, yeah, it's, a, little, it's a little fast, though. That's a thing. It's a little fast, and it's a little, uh, it's dancey at times. But like, who's to say that that's not like an attribute of uh, post punk yeah, though? Yeah, I mean, because I feel like it's the, so hard to shove it. In the a dance, like the dance move, I feel like is like has tons of uh, connections with post punk. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think of like. Uh, like like disco songs like mm-hmm. like like all over Gang of Four like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier yeah like lot, that's lot like <laughs> like dance music basically or um or even like I don't know if you listen to pop group I don't think I have like that's just like tribal like post punk <laughs> funk gotcha like, it, so I I don't know I kind of associate like new wave and post punk with dance music to begin yeah. with like <laughs> disco yeah and the I don't know let me, let me see if you know what I'm talking about but like in the chorus mm-hmm. the here, let me pull up the lyrics. Yeah, he he drags out a line, and then the bass like walks all the way down, like boom, 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 and the drum starts hitting the cymbal every beat, like boom. Mm-hmm. boom yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it gets like like I just want to move at that point. Like I, that's super dancing. <laughs> you find that dancing? You know, that's yeah. interesting. I've never like, I never found this like funky or dancing or anything. Yeah, but I, I can see that. I don't know funky, but because like, usually I associate like funky with dancing. Yeah. Like, when I think of dancey, I think of, like, syncopated, like, bass gotcha. and stuff. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I just like that a little bit. How do, you, uh, how do you feel about this as a closer, though? I think it's a good closer. Like, that's so energetic. Right. They go out on, like, a fast-paced song. Mm-hmm. Better than putting, like, Perfect Circle or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I would have been... <laughs> we we talked about this a good bit. Like, like placement of songs. I, to close a side is 
close side A is probably the right place for perfect circle. Mm-hmm. That's probably where I put it. That's the right place. Again, like, you know, it's a good album. It's like, you can't really think of how to change the flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, w- I wouldn't. I don't know. I'm not, like, an expert on this or anything. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I song like... placement, I wouldn't move anything. I think it all flows Yeah, honestly, well. like, aside from the last track and the first track, I feel like you could put this album in any order. Especially since mm-hmm. you're not having to flip your vinyl unless you, you are listening to it on vinyl. That's different, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'd say, I'd say Radio for your, for your album is a perfect opener. Yeah. That really I, sets I, the tone. I don't think you could you could really change that. But yeah, that really sets the tone. That does a great job. For sure. Yeah, and this album... Yeah, I mean, so we've gone through the whole track list now. Talk about some a couple more big picture things. I mean, to me, this album's really interesting to think about as like a parallel um, like progenitor to like, alter, like what we would consider mainstream alternative rock. Like I kind of think about, like when I tr- like when you're tracing lineage of genres in music, like when you think about alternative rock, you got to think about like what's leading to Nirvana. Never mind, because that's when everything broke, and alternative rock overtook what you consider like classic rock, like Led Zeppelin style stuff, as like mm. the main commercial rock in the United States at least. Huh. Um, and I think of like, I mean, you can trace like hardcore punk to like post not even like post hardcore stuff but like the stuff that was in Minneapolis in the early 80s like replacements and Who's Could Do and Miniman to some degree too and you can trace that stuff like, to, like Miniman's early stuff yeah. yeah you can trace that stuff to like Pixies and you can trace that directly to Nirvana because Cobain was all about Pixies but then alternative like so that, that's like one line right but and I, do you think this is like a split in the alternative line right here? To me, I think yeah, I, I think of like Murmur as kind of being representative as like of like a different line, where okay. it, it takes it takes more from like new wave stuff hmm. and post punk stuff and like jangle pop. To me, this sounds more like I don't know. I don't want to say more British because yeah, they're, well, they're I, making that stuff in America too. I think this just sounds like more sixties because like the uh-huh. vocals and the melodies, like the yeah. high in, and and it, so. And then, like we, you know, we talked about like, co- like the college rock kind of scene, and mm-hmm. kind of different strands of alternative rock that kind of led to the same place, kind of sprung from this. So it, it just kind of takes influences from different places. And to me, that's really interesting to think about. When yeah, that, tracing that's a fairly interesting take. Like I, I kind of think of like jangle pop as like a response to just like the increasingly like grunginess, I guess, mm-hmm. of music of like mm-hmm. like like. Like you think of the eighties, like you, I think of like post hardcore and like post punk, mm-hmm. like you know, in the earlier half, and then of course like bands like Pixies that are like the precursor to grunge, like yeah. you were saying. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. Yeah, I, I love thinking about stuff like that. Like who influenced who? Like who was listening to? Who's who? the first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to some degree, like I like uh, I like listening to stuff from the sixties, and I'm like, is like, this the first punk album? Yeah. <laughs> like like who's the first? I think the answer to so much of that. Is uh, the Beatles? <laughs> well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I was gonna say Velvet Underground and Nico. No, no, no. That, that's, I was gonna say if that, you're talking um, about alternative music, um, you know, you could get even more specific than that, and you could like do stuff that like precursors that, like uh-huh. monks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and technically, like, would that? Would, you know what I'm saying? Like, would that? Yeah, but Velvet Underground, like, that's definitely like the first, like, you know, proto punk, whatever alternative. Yeah, album. I mean, it, it basically is like. When you think about alternative rock, like not even just as a genre, but like alternative to what the mainstream is doing. That's the first. Yeah, it stems back to the underground to me. Interesting take. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody would argue with that either. Yeah. It's kind of like everybody... That's why it's so famous, right? It's like mm-hmm. one of the most influential albums on underground music ever. Yeah. We've gotten extremely sidetracked. <laughs> Anyways, that <laughs> yeah, was anyway. Murmur. <laughs> that was Murmur, yeah. I, yeah, first yeah. album in R.E.M.'s discography. To me, it's their best. They have a lot of other really good albums, though. Highly recommend you check out um, Document. Um, Automatic for the People is really strong. I'm blanking on the title, but the album that came after this is really strong. Don't know why I'm blanking on the title. So, check them out, guys. R.E.M. is like 10 out of 10 band. Yeah, really very, stacked, very strong band. Really stacked discogs. So. One of the best American rock bands to me. Hmm. Well, shoot. Now they, we have to talk about that. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. Um, American rock bands, I think of them talking heads. Okay, yeah, I, I, I definitely think of like that New York scene. Yeah. Like the CBGBs. Yeah. I think of like Caribou. They're up there for me, honestly. <laughs> I, 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 some of the, like, uh, what's their first album? It's blanking on me. Uh, Perry Boot Dub Housing? Not Dub Housing. No, 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 that's their, I love Dub Housing, but, uh, come on, you know. Uh, I do, I do know. <laughs> come on, it's, uh, Why am I, why can't I remember this? Modern Dance. Modern Dance, yeah, yeah, yeah Modern yeah, Dance yeah. is strong. Yeah, that's one of, like, one of my favorite, like, punk really? records ever. Um, Diversion, uh, Reckoning is R.E.M.'s second album. Oh, Check yeah, out yeah. Reckoning. Um, That's other bands to throw in like the hat of best American band it, it, you gotta put like Leonard Skinner bro just cause they're Skinner <laughs> alright and then yeah, you gotta you gotta throw in the band I think mm, honestly yeah, um, yeah. CCR if you're gonna yeah. go that way that's like yeah CCR's like American as a trait right. love it yeah like the like born on the bayou baby yeah, yeah. baseball Vietnam mm-hmm. <laughs> dude um I think I think Talking Heads would be my pick if I had to choose from the ones we just listed. That is often what I think as well. It's like just just American rock bands. I would I'd probably pick Talking Heads as well. Yeah, but REM is most definitely up there. Yeah, they should definitely have a Fugazi's up there too. Oh, Fugazi! Yeah, there's so many. <laughs> there are so many, and REM is one of the best. And Murmur, I think, is their best album. Hope um, you guys enjoyed our breakdown of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you all for listening this far. Peace. Yeah, see you guys.